I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, if you're here for the first time, welcome. If you've tuned in before, it's great to have you back. If you can do us a little favor and just rate, share, review the podcast when you're done, don't tell Igor, but I'll send him your way for a free hug. Okay, let's go on with the show. This is our first time as well. So. We are in Uncharted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This Un- is our- yeah okay. you're, you're our first. You're our first guest. Yeah. Special. How does that make you feel? Thank you. Yeah, very good. Thanks for coming here. Thanks for it's, getting involved. It was nice to come up the stairs and make the effort. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've literally come up two flights of stairs. I know. It's awesome. We've got some uh, good vibes around here at the minute, though. Yeah, good, definitely. Good creative peeps. Well, thank you for, thanks for coming along. Um, okay. What do I have to say first? What was my intro? Oh, I'm going to do an intro for Sophie, aren't I? Yes, so, you are. So just this is just introduce I, Sophie this, to this everybody This is where else. I say... Pick me up. Hello, Hi. everybody. Hello to our audience. This is Another Idea, a podcast for... Creatives and entrepreneurs. And today, we are in uncharted waters, Igor. Yes, we are. We, we feel quite nervous today. Yeah, Sophie, I, you're in safe hands. I but... don't know if it's because I had my booster yesterday, but I've started to get like a oh, little no. bit sweaty. Because I'm like... It's like <laughs> We've not done this before. No, this is new. No, it's um, completely new. But very exciting. Um, and today we have Sophie Purser in the studio. Hello. Who Woo-hoo. is from, uh, if you already noticed, from Two Floors Down. I am, yeah. And you run a company called Black Velvet Styling. Yes. And just to give people kind of a little bit of a, an insight into the, the woman that sits in front of us today, um, when we came to see you a few weeks ago to say, can you come on our podcast and our channel? Oh no, what did and we looked say? At, we looked at dates, didn't we, Sophie? Yeah. And we looked in your diary and there was a clash, wasn't there, with one of the things that you'd written in. You'd written in something, you'd written something into your diary that clashed with one of the dates we put forward, didn't you? Do you remember? Was it tennis? What? No. no, it wasn't tennis, was no. <laughs> what, did, what, was, what was written in your diary? Oh, no. One of the days. Come on, just dig deep. Come You've on, come on, come on. It was really good. It was, it was, was really it? good. Yeah, it really stood out. What, for today? For today. What, what, was, what was in your diary? Oh, I mean, Thursday. International... Oh, wine day. Yes! yes! Here we go. <laughs> Everybody's instantly going to be like, yes, yet. I like this girl. We can, <laughs> we, can, we can listen to this one. 
Um, Where's the vino? What <laughs> I know. Right? Hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> this is really going to help, actually. Yes. Crack it. Don't, don't worry, Igor. It's Portuguese. It's Portuguese. So it's I, went, Portuguese. I went and bought a bottle of um, Lisboa Red yeah. yesterday. I mean, we could have it. It's, it's, it's half ten on a, on a Thursday, it's right? It's nearly 11, so that's fine. It's basically the weekend. Is it a Tuesday? I think it's, it's Thursday. Thursday. It's Thursday, <laughs> yeah. I had my job yesterday, so I'm kind of like a bit out of it. Should we have this? Should we open it in a bit, or should we just leave it? Should we just leave it there and have it for lunch? I think I mean, I've if got this, an awkward chin if on this, wine situation. Oh yeah, that might be in the camera shot. Let's <laughs> yeah. move that out of the way. If this isn't a perk of being self-employed, then I don't know. I don't know what is. Yeah, there's got to be some. Um, <laughs> was that the introduction you were expecting, Igor? Um, no, but no. okay, I like cool. It. Right, should we get? Should we make it serious? Should we get yes. into it? Well, let's move right, we'll have that for lunch with um, the lunch that you bought me. Thank you, Igor. Bottle is gone. Right, so Sophie. Yes. Hello. You I don't are... know why I've got this. Yeah. It's just a prop, really. Yeah. It's just, just to calm me and make just me sketching me and Igor. <laughs> You're um, going to ask us questions. So. I was going to kind of say, do you want to describe your business? No, and I hate that. Yeah, but well, <laughs> okay. you're kind of going to need to a little bit, I yes. think. I mean, I can yeah. do a little bit of it for you, but I think it'd be good for Go you on. to just say. Let's hear your spin yeah. on it. So That's you, you paint backgrounds and stuff. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of the smallest section of that business. Is that the shortest version though? of your business? That so much more to it. It's a very inaccurate a short version, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so to, to make it a bit more professional, I mm. remember when a mutual friend of ours said oh you know you're you're in this building and you should go and look at what she does and I went and looked mm. at your work and what it is you do yeah. and I was like there is no way on earth that those backgrounds are like photographs and drawings and paintings or whatever they might be mm. they looked unbelievable so basically you you produce oh, for the backdrops. printed ones yes. yeah you produce backdrops for the food photography industry yeah as, and any product uh, photography a bit of portraiture if they're taking the larger size but yeah predominantly food yeah magazines chefs retailers supermarkets and let's not bloggers crafters let's not play this down this is this is big stuff right Ooh, you've worked massive. with some <laughs> in, but you have like you've worked like yeah. when me and Eagle were going through your, your science stuff like the, the companies that you've worked with it's, are astonishing it's ridiculous yeah we're Absolutely talking ridiculous wagon mamas yeah master chef yeah sainsbury's yeah m and you know yeah. if if you are looking at food photography in magazines or print anywhere the chances, are, yeah. the chances it's are yeah the chances are that those backdrops have been ordered through your business and yeah. that's incredible like yeah. you should be incredibly proud of that it's oh, honestly when we were looking at your stuff and we've been to your studio it's incredible yeah. the level of quality of work that you produce thank you that's really so yeah nice. do you feel better now is that yeah. okay <laughs> good i'm good now i you like are this so i like this yay me <laughs> what, what else is what do you want to sort of expand on that in terms of your business and kind of uh, give people yeah. a picture so of, it, it did start out handcrafting them um, but me being as much kind of marketing and business as I am styling, I wanted a more, I wanted a more scalable product, and I wanted to make it more affordable and hit the the other section of the market by going cheaper, but not necessarily you know lower quality. So that's when we started printing, and that's what's enabled me to get staff and move here and have a bigger space and have a business rather than just kind of being self-employed. So. Uh, at what point did you recognise? What, at what point did it become just something you were doing? I, I suppose I, I'm, I'm kind of want to like look into like the journey of, of how you kind of started to produce that kind of work mm. to recognising recognising that there's a business there and there's yeah. a real opportunity. Yeah. Um, and then to and then to go not just to recognise it but to go I'm going to go and do that like that's yeah. Uh, it it came about quite organically because 
Um, I was made redundant from my marketing and creative direction role and I was going freelance um, down the kind of food styling, still life styling route. Um, and to have the props and the backdrops that I wanted, I had to paint them. Mm-hmm. And then people saw them and said, oh, they're really cool. You could sell that. So I was like, yeah, okay. Um, and just did it. Yeah. Just went for it. I was running another business at the time. Um, so I kind of straddled the two. And once this one, I think I started only with a range of 12 backdrops. And as it got a bit bigger and it started paying me, I sold the other business and just went for it. Focused your efforts on this one. Yeah. What right. made you sort of like go into the, the whole styling thing in the first place? Because uh, it's quite specific. Um, yeah, I guess so. So my family always had um, a business. And like many kids with a family business, I pretty much grew up there. Um, I was learning about direct marketing and uh, direct response advertising at like five, stuffing um, envelopes of people who'd responded to adverts. So we're talking late 80s, early 90s. That's amazing. So very business-minded. Yeah. And I think, not to like blow my own trumpet, but that's what kind of separates me from a lot of stylists in that I've got the the commercial background as well. Um, I mean, we've mentioned that a few times, haven't we, about how you can... You can be good at what you do, but if you can't if you can't sell yourself or your business, yeah, exactly. You know, a big part of the game is marketing, and yeah. I think that's something that, having looked at what you do, like we can see from the outside very quickly that you are, you know, incredibly on it in terms of your your marketing strategies. And obviously, we're going to dive into that in a little bit. That's probably a question for a little bit later on. But I think having that background is has probably stood you in, in well, very good stead, hasn't it? Yeah, for yeah. setting up your business. Yeah, I'm really grateful for it, and my mum's always been a massive inspiration. In uh, in her business, what was what was it like when you you took that kind of leap to go from oh, I'm going to sell this business and I'm going to take on a unit and employ staff? Like, how much of a risk um, did that feel, and what were you kind of what were you kind of lessons from that from that experience? I think I kind of negate risks by always making sure I've got a get out clause, <laughs> so nothing ever feels like a risk to me. Yeah, I'm like, well, if it doesn't work out, you know whatever we'll be fine great attitude um (laughs) but with the styling work you know photography and styling work is well paid so I've always done that alongside this business and I thought well if the business doesn't pay the rent I can chuck a bit back in so again it's kind of I've I've balanced the risk to myself um we were looking with so when I started with the backdrop business I was working from home obviously um, just in a plan chest, all my stock was in there. Then it moved to a garage at the back of a house. And then I think it was the Christmas before COVID. So what's that, 2019? We were thinking we need staff. I mean, I had my sister coming in and helping me, but we needed more proper staff, like proper employees. And you can't really do that from home, like in a scruffy garage, like going down the garden, dodging dog poo. And, you know, we needed a proper place. Um so that was just before COVID and then COVID came just at the same time as I'd really got my advertising right as well. So we were really like well positioned to um, to grow quite quickly through COVID. And then, so what was that, March? So we March had the summer at home, yeah, absolutely busting at the seams, trying to find a place. And then we came here in the November of 2020. And yeah, it's been awesome. And it's brought us new opportunities like meeting you, working with... Magni over the road. It's just, it, yeah, it just takes you to that, you probably, that next Things level. that you probably couldn't have predicted, like when you moved in here. No. You're just looking for a space and actually there yeah. are 
there are other things that come from that that you almost yeah. can't foresee or predict yeah when you you know and i think i think the same of, of, of me in this studio as well that the doors kind of get opened that you can't you can't plan or foresee mm-hmm. and you just have to decide whether you're going to pursue it or not but it's an amazing kind of um <laughs> branded mugging <laughs> love it um yeah so to, to kind of rewind the clock a little bit further what was your what was your kind of journey out of this is a sore subject for me isn't it school yeah school school, we, we, school. It's a, there's a there's a nerve there but what what was your, what was your kind of school background like and how did that journey from school um, to where you are now how did that look like what, what did that look like school was uh good for me easy and i messed around a lot but it was i did well so the teachers hated me um but yeah i did fine i think i did um like art and design and maths and French A-levels maybe, but I was always going to go down an arty route. I did an art foundation and then I went and did fashion, uh, contour fashion, which is like underwear, swimwear stuff, but quickly learnt I didn't have the patience to sew, so I moved over to fashion buying, which is the more business Mm -hmm. side, which I did do really well at. But I never worked in fashion other than when I was at uni. Um, What did I do? I ticked around a bit, to be honest, for about Just, a year. Didn't we, didn't we all? <laughs> yeah, about a year after uni. And then I got pregnant. And then okay. I went to work with my mum in her business. What um, is that? What is the business? Uh, so my mum's business was the Dolls House Emporium. Very niche. Um, but they made it like an international multi-million pound company uh, with retail and online um, and everything that everyone talks about now, my mum was doing in the 90s, like mm-hmm. funnels, is just direct marketing and automated emailing, like single view, retail, um, online concessions, like multi-channel yeah. sales and marketing. They were doing all that. They were very, um, they invested in tech and were very like ahead of the time. God, so, imagine having that, like in your family, just as you're growing up. Yeah. What we a wealth talk. of knowledge. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, my moment. No, don't. Yeah. My <laughs> no, What's no, a number? No. Get a number down. <laughs> no, but she is awesome, yeah. And I was very privileged and lucky. That must too. be hugely inspiring. Mm. And did it make you kind yeah. of... See, this is the benchmark. Other people might think I'm doing well. I'm like, I ain't doing shit. Yeah. Look at my mum. <laughs> but but, but having, having that around you, did it, did it kind of make you feel like, yeah, you don't, you don't need to go and work for anybody. You can go and carve your own yeah there, there's and... always been that confidence there of having like because my dad works for himself as well he's he's got his own company very different he's a sailor sells like sailing holidays around the world like a travel agent really um but yeah they both um as a self-employed person you're adaptable you're flexible yeah. um yeah. and i think i don't know if you felt this but through covid a lot of my self-employed um, friends were fine like rolling with the punches oh it's we're locked down or oh, we're not whatever whereas the employed people were a bit more like oh shit you know like big changes there's the versatility of mm. several point people that i you... keep swearing sorry <laughs> no you're out to it's okay it's all right you be you yeah um there's that versatility of self-employed people of having that sense of endurance really mm. whenever time goes low or whatever else to literally as you said go on and do whatever else i need to do this is not the end yeah. of it all um, if this fails, I can go on and do something else yeah, really exactly. because, yeah. You have a trust in yourself, don't yeah. you? You're resilient and, yeah, you know that whatever happens, you can adapt and figure it out. 
it's part of the fun as well like mm-hmm. constantly learning oh there's never a dull day is there no I, I, I say it's part of the fun sometimes it's like it does require a lot of energy doesn't it so you have days where you're like you're on top of it you're like yeah I'm awesome at this and then the next day I can't be bothered yeah and then there's the late, the late nights the yeah, early starts so, you know yeah. it's like that kind of that, that meme that does the rounds of like if you you know if you work for yourself you you know you'll never work a day in your life but you kind of work twenty four seven yeah that's yeah. it um, yeah. what does the um, what does like the the kind of average week look like in black velvet styling what's the can you talk us through what happens when you come in on a Monday morning Mondays are always busy because we've got that the was the question that I forgot you got <laughs> I said to you earlier no, I've, I've got this you question for Sophie I've got another I question on a yes come on then come on Sophie okay. sorry to jump in on you yeah Monday is busy because you've got all the orders of the weekend stacked up as well um so I'm generally unless I'm booked um to style or shoot for someone I'll be in the studio all day on a Monday um yeah because as well as the orders being backed up people are generally I think more productive on Mondays and Tuesdays we get most of our orders Mondays and Tuesdays most of our emails so um, we have got a customer service lady but anything she can't answer I've got to then go in and uh, reply to on the emails ordering custom backdrops um, and generally doing uh, business admin seeing if any stock needs um, ordering getting like yeah just like the kind of shitty to yeah, it's the messy day of the done. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that sets us up for the rest of the week, so everything's ordered. We've done a lot of what we need to do. Tuesday is a bit calmer, but still quite busy. Um, on Monday morning, sorry, I start with with tennis. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say wine. Only <laughs> <laughs> on wine day. Um, Tuesday is similar. Uh, yeah, and then the, kind of as the week rolls on, we get into more. Can we just fun go back stuff. to the tennis thing? Can we just go back to that? Can yeah. we just go back to that quickly? So you start on Monday morning with tennis. If I can, yeah, yeah, I get what, into a what, cardio. What tennis kind of time? Class. What time? Do Half you... nine. Half nine. So, so I drop my little list at school. Yeah. Go to the gym, play tennis, get really sweaty and stinky yeah. for the day. Don't shower and go back and do my work. Yeah. So <laughs> that's when you normally lot, walk I think, in. I think for a lot of people listening, <laughs> like to hear that somebody who's running their own business, self-employed, has got staff. It's got orders to fulfil that at half nine on a Monday, they would probably instant. I don't know about you, Igor, but yeah, I think yeah. you're in the studio. You dive into the emails get, or whatever. You're getting else. on with work yeah. straight off the bat. But to hear that you go and play tennis at half nine, I think it's brilliant. Thank you. Well, tennis is a bit of a saviour for me. It keeps me more mentally well than physically well, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah, hopefully physically a bit, but it's you can't think about anything else. It's like that medita- meditative state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably play... At least two, maybe three, four, five times a week. Okay, that's really Amazing. good. That's really good. Yeah, unless it's a crazy, crazy week. And if you so. if you didn't do that on a Monday morning, how would you? I'd just go into the office. Yeah, but I I just play tennis because my week is so random. I'll just look on the app and I'll just get in all over the place. Like yeah. this is, yeah. I just think I think it's great to just hear that people running their businesses and the self-employed make time for themselves. Yeah. We say it all the time. We've said it countless times, haven't we? Yeah, that. it's been a massive You've kind of learning and, and actually, us. I'm sat here going, I haven't done that for myself recently. <laughs> We've been so busy with this, yeah. the podcast, the course. Yeah, and, you've and, had massive launches. And, and, on, and things have kind of, my yeah. my own like fitness and, mm. and self-care has kind of taken a bit of a back seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but, for me, it's been... But I'm going. in a business that's three and a half years old now. So yeah. it's on a level. We've yeah. got our monthly marketing to-do lists. We've got like, at the start of the month, I'll be crazy busy. Um, but you know we, we've got kind of formats for things and it's 
it's steady unless we're doing a big sale or something yeah. very different Amazing. what about so, the rest of the week rest of the week um i probably style on external photo shoots once or twice a fortnight um and we also shoot in our studio for brands so i run black velvet styling as my e-commerce brand and then i have the styling handbook which i do my photography and styling work through so i'm um like working between the two so you're a stylist but also an educated two stylist is that right i am yeah yeah, yeah. um I, I need to do this but i've got online courses um ready to go almost almost um and yeah we do workshops and i do like one-to-one training with people for content creation for food um and lifestyle brands cafes. you were doing it you are doing it <laughs> yeah it's amazing <laughs> that's really really good and the point that I wanted to touch previously, though, because we sort of like, we win today in, in terms of what we're speaking about. But you said that you moved out of uni, you got pregnant. Boy, you're a girl, by the way. Girl, and then yeah. boy, and then girl. Yeah, amazing. So three. <laughs> Didn't learn first time. <laughs> and you get to play tennis five times a week. We've got two wow, parents. amazing. Incredible. Yeah, Love two it. teenagers now. Yeah. And how did your sort of like creative journey go from having a kid and then I guess you would start getting into photography and styling but you tell me um no so I started styling probably as a teenager Mm -hmm. within the family business that we mentioned amazing um for catalogue photography for retail and concessions like we had displays um and concessions in Harrods and Hamleys down in London so it was setting those up um and then what's the question sorry so that's where styling yeah as a teenager yeah um and then you are pregnant so yeah how did you weave that so i was working in like marketing and direction from kind of early 20s do you know i never worked full-time until about a couple of years ago because i went from uni to just kind of being a dick to then being pregnant we'll brush over that stage shall we let's just move on let's move on no, we don't you know, know just messing around um yeah and then when i had kids i only worked part-time so i never really got into that like nine to five five days a week thing and now i've had to recently oh my god this isn't good is it it's not how we're supposed to live um i think um and i joke around with a, with a good friend about this the fact that um we would not be able to literally do a nine to five job simply because we would be just be bad employees yeah, <laughs> simply because yeah i'm not very good at being told what to yeah do. Ex- that's exactly it i don't i don't exactly like it. that I, exactly yeah, that the best. it's it's not even the work ethic about working nine to five it's just simply being told what what to do by someone else yeah and <laughs> ha, <laughs> it makes me itch hence why we're sat around the table <laughs> exactly and we're not working the nine to five oh. um so sorry navigating it around kids um i just just did mm-hmm. and then yeah I, but to be fair i had i didn't have a career break because as i said i never really had one i worked my way up in marketing and um creative direction but that was kind of always around kids and then when i youngest went to school what would that be 2014 then i started pushing that's when i was doing uh freelance styling and then started making backdrops in about 2015. Mm-hmm. How, how, how did that like, how quickly did that look like it could scale? Like, well, at what point the did backdrops. you, yeah, at what point did you go, hold on a second, there's, I'm doing something here, 
and people are starting to show interest. Like you obviously had to, rec- you obviously had to recognize. I'm, I'm, you know, full of it. Switched and I'm on marketing. Business. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. As soon as someone said, "Oh, there's there's a business there. People are buying them," I was like, "Right, I'm on it. Let's do it." <laughs> it's just, it's just amazing to hear that you've kind of like just re- just recognize that and just gone for it so quickly. Just go and, and get I think, it. I think just when go people, and get it. When so many people hang on an idea for so long like yeah. just to hear somebody go oh no I saw it I went for it and, and now it, you've been running it three and a half years and it does yeah it does yeah. good business it does yeah and it uh, takes care of itself and we can go on holiday and we're still you know making money and got a business so it's the dream where do we get yeah. to in the week by that by the way if we kind of we've well, kind of gone off on a bit of it fizzles out there's there's more tennis and wine as the yeah. week goes on <laughs> mondays i'm on it is there tennis with, is there there tennis no with wine priorities does wine tennis exist probably yeah 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 <laughs> um uh, that's really good have you have you struggled in business at any point because um, i kind of i'm kind of getting this picture of something that's been very successful at everything you kind of put your hand to but are there, are there been times when you've felt out your depth or struggled or not not felt as... no I wasted a lot of money on advertising last year testing something that I I wasn't sure if it was going to work I had a hunch it wouldn't work but I didn't want to be an arsehole and think I knew everything so I tested it and it didn't work so maybe I should have trusted myself. Yeah, trust you guys. But you know, sometimes how much, how much did you test, and how, how much did you how much did you lose on that? Oh well, um, every month we probably spend about five grand on advertising, wow. and I spent about eighty percent of that budget for about three months on this. Yeah, stupid. Wow. And at, at the same time, I was targeting the wrong kind of people. I wasn't building my mailing list with quality leads. Yeah, it was a bit stupid in hindsight, but you know. Very young business. Aren't mailing lists things. like very 2006? No. <laughs> That's, this, this is where we Here go. We go. <laughs> this is where we go. He's biting you. Yeah. Okay. You don't like mailing lists? No, no, no. We love it. We're like goading you a little bit. Okay. No, they're awesome. They are. I, I how, how come? Just to, like to um, people listening that are like, I haven't got a mailing list. Why should they? Why should you? Why should a business have a mailing list? How does it work for you guys? Oh, it works brilliantly. So our mailing list is at about 15,000 now, which isn't massive, but it's a good chunk of people. Um, the open rate is about 25%, which, again, is pretty good. Um, but we have to make sure that we're doing um, quality-led, you know, like value um, content through our website, which gets pushed to the emails and social, obviously. Um, email, did you not have... Instagram went down like six months or a year ago did it yeah everyone yeah, panicked yeah. yeah well if you had an e- email list like use that instead i mean let's not play that out Fifteen thousand people on a mailing list is, exactly. is astonishing isn't it yeah that's a great it's achievement followers yeah <laughs> how do we tap into that and, <laughs> well, yeah. and the fact that you've got direct access to that to them to yeah and if to you're on a people. decent email um service provider you can see how many clicks how many sales you got yeah. through it and you know if if i do an email which i do at least twice a week, mm-hmm. you're going to bump your sales. It's what it's there for and it works. And um, people can always unsubscribe if they find you annoying. Obviously, try not to be annoying. Um, as I say, lead with quality. But you've got to get your sales stuff in there. Yeah. And don't feel ashamed of that. But if you've got a nice mix of authentic, like value-led content, you shouldn't feel bad about saying, hey, we've got a sale or 
you know, common so values. What, by, by value-led content, what can you just kind of elaborate on, on um, what that what that looks like? So something we're doing at the moment, which has been really helpful, working with um, brand ambassadors, we do a monthly capture challenge through Instagram. So we um, decide on a styling or photography technique. At the minute, it's hard light. Um, and we write a blog about it. We give examples. We give photography, styling, and editing tips. Um, obviously, it weaves through with links back to the backdrops that we've taken example pictures on. Um, so it's working for SEO and Google and a bit of product sales, but more it's offering people um, interesting and helpful information around our industry. So we do that monthly, which means we've got a monthly blog, a month, uh, probably twice monthly email once to introduce and then to remind, and then again, sorry, um, to announce the winners. Um, so you're, just re- you're really involving your audience. Yeah, you're involving them in. Yes. In in the company. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. The the food photography like community is is really nice. Um, really um, inclusive. Lots of people just sharing advice and wanting each other to do well. Yeah. It's good, and obviously it's very Instagrammable. So it it's yeah it's a dream really. One thing that we've noticed about you is that your social media presence is really strong and we love that and it's very evident that you've got a a clear visual language at the same time. Something that you touched upon beforehand was very much working with other brand ambassadors. How how have you found and weaved that through in this day and age of social media really because there's so much, so many pitfalls and so many ways that people can very much not uh, how can I say it it's very easy to make mistakes within that world if that makes sense so how have you navigated that Um, we're still figuring it out to be honest so we've got four brand ambassadors at the minute one of them is very inactive and that's fine like and I always say to people you're never obliged to me like we've all got our lives Um, your productivity or your use of our backdrops is going to go up and down so that's fine um and the other three are very active and absolutely brilliant at pushing us and giving out um discount codes providing us with amazing content on our backdrops um i think it just starts with building a relationship with someone and when you like each other's work um obviously the they are advocates for our product Mm -hmm. um so when someone's got a really um a good eye for what they do and a, and a passion about what you do it just it just aligns um and as i said they help me produce um quality like value-led content for my audience as well which is really valuable and something that isn't very quantifiable so when i'm looking at um my data and my sales and everything that that's never going to come up so if if they weren't there that might drop off my radar a bit yeah. it keeps me focused on it um because of course it has massive value but it, it's not you you don't know what the value is in monetary terms yeah but i know if i've emailed someone once this week about um the latest styling capture challenge then i'm kind of within my rights i balance it out in my yeah, own head yeah you know what i mean there's yeah, authentic makes sense. and there's value and then there's got to be the sales because we are the business and I know that, therefore, they're not going to mind that yeah. I'm going to tell them, oh, these backdrops have been discontinued, come and get them for a third off. Yeah. So it's... 
Now that's really good because especially in a, in the world that we live today, especially within our industry, Sam, mm. where where Instagram is such a glorified thing put in the pedestal. It's just nice and refreshing to hear mm. that actually your email list can actually do a lot more for you yeah, than you blog. actually think. Yeah. yeah, your website massively. So if you are a creative today that is just literally starting out and you've got something to sell, how, how would you even start with the mailing list? How, what would be sort of like the the pillars that you would put or advise someone to really implement in order to, to grow their mailing list? Um, well, obvious ones, make sure there's a call to action as soon as people arrive on your website. Um, and don't call it like sign up or um, subscribe, call it like register for... That would be us. Yeah, um, <laughs> register's good. I'm taking you know, that one. Let me just make a note. Get on Hold the on. VIP list, you know, make mm-hmm. it sound a bit more like not so spammy yeah um and if you really want to push it start with a free little guide like your wedding you might have like a mini guide Mm -hmm. three things not to do summer 2022 weddings or something just a little tidbit that gets them to register and then they've got that and obviously you're selling yourself in that guide as well aren't you so it's not it's not just that it's free for them you're getting to have a longer conversation with them as well um what else? Give people um, an incentive for signing up, so a little um, discount on their first order. It, it it depends what you're what you're selling. What you're yeah, selling. I think, yeah, I think mailing list for our specific industries in wedding photography, I think is it's very unusual to see a wedding photographer offering mm-hmm. a, a or having a mailing list sign up. Yeah, but I think if you're product based in any well, kind of way, hopefully your customers are one time customers. Yes, yeah, um, I think that's the key. That's the key yeah. difference, isn't it? But then for your training side. Yeah, they're hopefully going to buy a little bit of something and then buy more yeah. later on. Yeah, um, and setting up automated welcome sequences and automated sequences after they've made a purchase because um, there's going to be a hot period, which is obviously different industry to industry. Mm-hmm. Are they going to buy again within a month or two months and can you increase your chances there? Yeah. Yeah, and that's really good. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's loads to I, I, I love how Sophie's just so kind of sales focused. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that in, a, in any kind of effect. I, I, I think it's your business is obviously thriving and it's done very well for three and a half years exactly because of this approach to not like taking the sales and the marketing side of your business yeah. incredibly seriously. Like without any of that, you, you yeah. wouldn't be well, that close was, to That was all part of the choice I made to, to print as well because it's scalable and it takes my time away from like I still paint backdrops for people probably a day and a half well, a yeah, week that was one of the first things painting. you asked me when I came in the studio was can I can I use your big space to, <laughs> yeah. to paint a, a six by three meter backdrop yeah. we, we like, have another space just like moved this. in yeah uh, <laughs> I know um, and as I've got to know Sam I've, I've noticed <laughs> he's, he's quite anal actually and he would really hate me if I came up here covered in paint quite, quite particular <laughs> there's an aesthetic yeah. here yeah. okay definitely um, yeah. oh, I had a question then I had a question oh that was it like, so like, how much of your week is geared towards like those marketing tasks 90%. versus the 90% because that's that's why I've built this business as it is to put myself in that working on the business, working on the marketing. And actually, um, I can't tell you too much, but we're now, we're changing the form. Oh shit, I've got a meeting with our accountant. Oh, it's not yet, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love that. I love um, it. It's in a bit. Uh, Yeah, we're changing the structure of our business We all have those moments, don't we? (laughs) So that we can have. Does your accountant um, have wine for you though? 
I, I told him we should meet at the Cotton Works, but it's actually on Zoom, <laughs> okay. so it's fine. I may have one. Um, what were we saying? Oh, changing uh, the structure of the business slightly because, yeah, so I've because I work with other brands, styling and marketing now as well, we always like go quite deep in the strategy and the business because as you've just discovered, it's like, it's in my blood. Um, and we've got other people wanting us to actually fulfill their products and some of them set them up on Shopify as well. So wow. doing e-commerce okay. and fulfillment. So what you may find downstairs is that we do, well, we've got a different production site for painting now, which we're just setting up at the moment and we'll have like different racking of um, other people's brands that we're sending out for them. So we're kind of leveraging what we've established through Black Velvet Styling, which is like the e-commerce, customer service, uh, fulfillment, logistics, and like offering that. Yeah, it. it never service. ends, does it? No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. doesn't end. <laughs> and I was thinking, what's, what sort of scale is this like? What sort of scale are you thinking? Because um, we, we could come up with an, another idea, tees and hoodies yeah. and whatever else, but what sort of scales are we talking about that it's, it wouldn't be sort of like the scale of Lil Us, let's say. No, it say. might be. So I've been looking at pricing it and you, you have to pay like basically storage for mm-hmm. the stock on the unit and then obviously you pay per parcel or per item packed. I'm not sure which it will be. So there would just be probably a minimum fee per month rather than a minimum orders um, shipped. So it might be something like £200 a month minimum for That's having... Really good. You know, a meter wide. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and just uh, I forgot to ask this at the start. Actually, like, how far afield do your backdrops go? Oh, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, Australia, Peru, uh, (laughs) literally everywhere. Tokyo, (laughs) incredible. Everywhere. Yeah, but I think that's we don't focus on overseas at the minute since Brexit because they have uh, Brexit. Yes, shipping a lot different Mm. and customs. Yeah, bit of a nightmare. People are it's settling down again now, but. It's we we do advertise in a few um, overseas countries, but not like we used to. It's yeah. I think um, I think that one word that got mentioned is is key though, isn't it? With this kind of business, is like the scalability of it, mm. and being able to recognise that you know your time isn't infinite, and yeah. that if you have something that you can grow and scale, just in this mm. kind of it's like you've got to go after, it, haven't you? Because yeah. you get you get more tennis time back. Exactly. And that's it, right? <laughs> holidays, yeah. What would you consider one of your <clears throat> biggest achievements? Oh, um, moving here felt amazing. Like, I, I did loads of videos, just me dancing around the studio <laughs> for about a month, I think. I think I might have um, done that as well. Pretty sure, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. you did. It feels good, yeah, doesn't great, it, getting out it? of home. And it's, it makes you feel like a proper business as well. It's It was majorly exciting, but also huge, it is hugely terrifying. There is... There's still that little bit. Well, it was it was little bits for me where I was like, I've got rent, yeah, and I don't know what the electricity bill is going to be yet. And (laughs) oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy, turn the heaters (laughs) off. Turn the heaters (laughs) off, Amy. Amy, just get a bigger coat. (laughs) (laughs) Bring a duvet. Yeah. Um, I took I I took the conversation off off track. No, 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 no. Biggest achievement and the studio being being um, it. That was your question. Sorry. Yeah, probably. yeah, and it's always nice when we get orders from like really big brand names um, because, yeah, it, essentially printed backdrops are kind of the underdogs 
to the handcrafted stuff. Mm -hmm. So to still get used by like Jamie Oliver and BBC Good Food magazine and David Loftus and Sainsbury's and Argos and you know it feels like oh you know we're doing well and we offered like a sustainable option as well which I don't think any other backdrop company does they're all vinyl whereas we do papers in every design you've like got the option paper or vinyl Um, that's something I'm proud of Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know about other big achievements no, that's great. That's a that's a really, you seem really to good just one. take it all in your stride, though. Like you seem to be like just like I'll just do that. Yeah, I've done that, done it. And yeah, I've I've fancied a couple of duvet days recently, but obviously you can't, can you? I think I'm just tired. It does like, take its toll. <laughs> you do a holiday. Times. I am. And holiday. we're going this weekend. Amazing, brilliant. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the future look like for Black Velvet Starling? Like, where do you kind of do you have like I know you've touched on a few kind of small plans that are they're in the sort mm. of part plan at the moment like where do you kind of see business in the next sort of four five six years um business black velvet styling will continue to be a good photography backdrops brand for me business will change slightly in that black velvet styling will just be one of the brands that we um what's the word maintain yeah and fulfill and there'll be other brands like we're looking at it'll kind of become up. it's just self-serving isn't it now uh, o- almost yeah 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 um yeah so we need to build our team i need someone helping me in marketing we need another person on fulfillment um maybe someone else on uh, production of painted stuff as well would you ever yeah. see yourself getting into a completely different industry yeah or- Sometimes yeah. I think about it like, oh, shall I be a solicitor or, I don't know, do you not like, because I've done it forever as well. That's it. I'm like, I could learn something new. What shall I be? But I never do. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is really good fun and it's it's a nice industry and it's well paid. I think there must be loads of people who want to get into this, like food styling yeah. in, in particular. Is, yeah. Right, for anybody that does want to get into food styling, what what <clears throat> what would you kind of say w- would be a start point? Or what just do what it. do they kind of need? Do it. Do it. Um, yeah, do it. Just like offer to go and help someone else. Do um, a test shoot with a photographer. Say, you know, do you want to shoot something with me? Um, and just start doing it at home because you can do a lot with a phone. You don't need to be on a camera. If it's about the food and presenting it well, a backdrop, a nicely presented dish and a phone camera used properly you know with the lights turned off and by window and all those kind yeah. of things you can really show what you can do I mean, i've done a few i've done a few food shoots in my mm-hmm. my time and um i think the the, the styling aspect mm. is often a part that yes. is can it, it oh, wow Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah but even, even there is such a skill yeah in that yeah, yeah. really is task really, really I've, is. I've gone to shoots and they've gone oh you, you can just style it can't you i'm oh, like yeah. yeah there's no budget for that there, yeah. you, you do realize that the people are there are professional stylists yeah. for a very good reason yeah. and the annoying like, thing is the time restrictions that you get they sometimes can be just so unrealistic yeah. the fact that you dare to capture that capture the food done it literally now yes um, I'm, I'm here i'm ready to capture it now style it please yeah and, yeah, and, they, and, they, and they've got like a mood board for you yeah exactly of, of styled like 15, shoots by professionals 15 different like, okay where do you start yeah mm. but you obviously you know I mean that's part of your business going forward is offering education for people that yes. want to kind of there must be some yeah. I suppose um, what's the word I'm looking for kind of tricks um, 
Tri- yeah, tricks or yeah, like systems or, or specific ways of actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, being a food stylist is a bit like being a chef. So you mm-hmm. can't learn it on an online course. You can learn about, um, like we've got guides to like essential bits of kit um, and styling in more in terms of like composition, what makes a good prop, what to avoid, um, working with natural daylight, things like that. But obviously food styling and being a home ec, you, you've got to be doing it a long time to mm-hmm. understand how food um, changes under lights or just getting older. I guess um, that's where, as well, people's specific styles really, really comes across well when when someone has been doing that for a long time and you look at their work and you you probably struggling for Instagram, you'd be able to see, oh, yes, this is so-and-so's. Yeah. 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 Can Can you see that? Do people have really? Do stylists have really clear identities in terms of their work? Some of or, them do. Or are they incredibly um, versatile? And they kind of work to the creative brief. Yeah. So stylists generally will always be working to a creative brief. So their portfolio is going to be very mixed, isn't okay. it? Mm. Yeah. Whereas a content creator or a stylist slash photographer can then develop their own style, can't mm. they? And then hopefully book work with clients that are aligned with their style, and they're booking them because they want that. So, um, yeah, this is a question that comes up a lot like in my workshops. Should your Instagram feed be very consistent? Um, and my answer is always like, don't agonize over your feed being perfect, but every shot of yours should be recognizable anyway. Mm-hmm. So naturally, your feed's going to all tie together. I, I have um, an online course coming soon, which is about authentic content sharing, and it's about developing your content mix um and focusing on that rather than you know you can buy like content plans like 30 posts ideas and it's bullshit like who wants to just copy and paste something so this is about exploring your core values your key marketing messages and getting that into a mix and then giving it um a cohesive look and brand style and then moving forward so on our um Instagram generally follows like the blog and the email and a more holistic marketing strategy. But then because obviously um, social media is quick and easy, there will be more on there than we'd put on the blog. Yeah. So it's just dropping in between with, um, okay, well, yesterday we did sales. Tomorrow we're going to do the hashtag challenge. So um, on Wednesday, let's do a detail. And on Thursday, let's talk about sustainability because they're you know our core yeah. values so it's just it's reminders rather than a, a format I think it's always well for me I find it better to work intuitively like you might be responding to wine day um, or you might have something planned in for wine day if that's authentic for your business or you might just be maybe something's happened in the news or someone's you got to be versatile and yeah maybe someone's tagged you in an amazing post um, so then you want to share that the next day when they've had you know all the momentum out of it that they're going to have you're going to stick it on your feed so what was the question i thought of about five questions throughout that that little window then <laughs> and i now i've got to a point where i've forgotten all of them uh, uh, is it about courses or i don't know well i suppose <laughs> No, I suppose one of them was going to be like, look, look, I'm just trying to put myself in the position of somebody oh, that's someone getting started. In somebody that's getting started, right? Yeah. They've got Do they've it. got a camera, they've got a couple of backdrops, yeah. They've got some food at home, and they just want to take a few photos and start their own like, Instagram account. What's the kind yeah. of what's the next stage for somebody that wants to kind of break into the industry? Is there a is there a way to go about that, or should it just be about consistently kind of showing up 
in Instagram yeah. on Instagram and I would offer to assist to build people. connections. Find find people whose work you like and offer to assist them and keep building your own portfolio and get in touch with like there's agencies for stylists, quite a few in Manchester. Um and say to them this is what I want to do this is the portfolio I've got what else do you think I need and they'll mm-hmm. advise you because they're going to want you on their books and to earn money off you so they should help you um, but yeah to start doing it test shooting don't expect anyone to pay you until you you know shoots as we know there's there's a lot of budget and there's people's businesses relying on it so don't like dick about and say you can do stuff that you can't but um, yeah just get doing it and I've noticed in myself, like sometimes I'm buying all the books, I'm going to workshops, I'm getting all the kit, but I'm not actually doing it. I think you have to recognize when yeah. you're procrastinating. Because yeah. once you start, it's dead easy and you get in the flow, but you just got to get yourself. We've, we found it. exactly that with mm-hmm. this, didn't we? Yeah. We've talked about it before. Yeah. You know, you can read up on any subject mm-hmm. you want, but until you, until you start actually do yeah, it, sitting down and, and going, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. yeah. You just learn so much more on the job and through putting in that practice and that time don't you then yeah and that's what you're saying it. you want to do yet we do all these other yeah. things don't we I think it's, <laughs> well, it's just distraction, it's distraction tactic isn't it it's, yeah. it's a way it of kind of failure I don't yeah know. I don't know it's it's a way of kind of I suppose making us feel like we're doing something but not actually yeah, doing something not doing it doing um, all the research <laughs> yeah. it's true day but for someone like us that are a bit more further afield really and experienced within our industry um and we are very much breaking into the education game. Any any sort of advice, any sort of um, tips, or what are you doing at the moment in terms of like what are you thinking in terms of your online course? How am I going to distribute this? I need How tips am I going to? You because <laughs> mine's literally going back to a word document because I'm like I can't think in videos, and I've tried on Thinkific. And I've registered on Samcart, and I know you're on a different um, learning platform to that. But to me, they they just kind of like overcomplicate it mm-hmm. with, is this a questionnaire? Is this a quiz? Is this like, is this an exercise? Is this a video? I'm like, no, I just need to write it all down, and um, give people like worksheets. I'm very much like, read it, make a plan, do it. Okay. Yeah. So my, that's why mine's the styling handbook because it it's it's written to be like a, a bible like a user guide yeah with bits that you fill in and you take it with you and it is like a structure and a format basically for content creation no it makes sense it makes perfect sense but that's very old-fashioned isn't it like you it guys is in some are... ways but um it's it's structured um you know what you're doing if it mm. doesn't work you know that okay let's try and navigate something into, into something else yeah. but no I like it I like it it's very practical as well but is, it old, is it old fashioned and I'm like talk, talking to the wrong age group maybe I don't know I, I don't know I, I, I actually think you're, you're on the right path I think you should almost complement it with some video I think that's how yeah. you should see it yeah I'm wondering I think, though if the video is open to the public on YouTube like little tidbits well, yes and then that possibly. pushes back well that's part of the top line of the funnel isn't it mm. of the what that's the, of your, of your funnel it's like the top oh, part funnel. of your funnel yeah. is, is YouTube and that's something that yeah. you know, I, I'm certainly exploring at the minute and making plans towards but it's it's hard to get to that stage where you're going okay I'm going to hit publish on this first video it's really scary but yeah. you can start working towards it yeah there's a couple of videos I, of me on YouTube and one of them I like I do this on my nose because I'm out <laughs> in our garage working and it was so cold so it's just like me sniffing for about an hour <laughs> 
but I do I do think like the the handbook the handbook idea I think is great I think people will want to consume that kind of content but I think mm. being able to give them a little video that just kind of complements it yeah, and goes exactly. hey guys you know a thanks for thanks for coming here this is what we're going to work through yeah yeah and it just kind of engages them a little no, bit more I've got the perfect space to do you it. have <laughs> you have yeah. I've told you and you, you know it's all here for you just, <laughs> you need to just tell me when you want to come up and record um, Might need a bit of help. <laughs> All you'll be, of this, you'll be fine. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for you. I think the one thing that really stands out for me with with you and your business is just the the level of detail that you put into, like, making sales and and your numbers and your awareness of marketing and where it goes. Like, it would be so easy for somebody just to go, oh, I'm going to print these boards and yeah. I'm going to put them online and sell yeah, them. Yeah, that's it. There's yeah. a clear structure. That's what I love about it. Even yeah. even you talking about the handbook and everything else, you're giving people structure. You're giving people a pathway in order yeah. to do what they need to do. Um, and then it's up to them to actually just go and do the job, really. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I do love a spreadsheet. That comes from my mum as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, something I would say as well, a lot of people, when they go into um, either a handmade or quite a personal product, when it's not going well or they're not getting the sales, they focus on the product. And it's like, your product's probably fine. And as as a product designer, we want perfection. But as a product consumer, 80, 90% is probably okay. Do you know what I mean? So it's, I always think your time's better spent learning about business and marketing. Um, and if something's a bestseller, it's probably gonna be a bestseller for a long time because your market isn't stagnant like people are moving through life and mm-hmm. yeah. developing hobbies and changing their work it's never constantly. ending yeah it's never so ending. one of the marketing books i can't remember which one i read recently was like you you're preaching to a moving parade so don't yeah. think like because i I've, I've got a really old advert that people must be so annoyed with like it's got music on it and everything but it still converts it's been going for about 18 months but it's still got really high conversion so I'm like I hate it and I know everyone must just be like they've seen it so many times but there are still people coming brings in through the sales. that haven't yeah. so yeah that's a really big lesson isn't it that, that people haven't seen that before I, th- I think we can I mean we could apply that to our industry yeah. you know in terms of the work mm. we show I think a lot of photographers don't want to show images that they took four or five years ago because they're fed up yeah. of seeing that image from four or five years ago but to a lot of people they, this that's is the, the first time they've seen it yeah, yeah. And I think about people that have signed up to the course. I, you know, I've done workshops and education for four or five years, but on the last intake, there were still people that had just started. Mm, they just yeah. come into the industry and they want that content. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of go, I'm sure everyone's been on my course now, but they yeah. haven't. They haven't. There's yeah. constantly a new wave Are of people coming through. Are you doing paid advertising yet? No, we're about to. Okay. Yeah. So I'll be, I would I'll, be, I'll, be coming down, I'll be coming down to have a chat with you and yeah. kind of <laughs> pick your brains on where do I put my money? Because I know Google, well, yeah. we've, we've talked before, haven't we, briefly about, you know, Google ad spend and, and yeah. how have you found that kind of experience? I know we touched on it briefly at the start um, in, terms of its, it, in terms of what you struggled with, but like how successful has it been in It is in definitely successful. Um, the return on investment is between four to five, whereas Instagram and Facebook might be like one to three. Wow, because that's on, massive. Yeah, because on Google, people have typed in something they're searching. Yeah. Whereas on Instagram or Facebook, it's more placement. They've shown a slight interest in photography, so they've yeah. popped this up. Maybe they've searched online for something else, and then it's going to be like a banner ad because of the cookies and keywords. But yeah, Google, um, bigger return, but more expensive. Um, if It depends on your competition for your keywords. Yeah. Yours is probably high when in photographers. Yeah. Um, 
But I would say like play around. So our conversion rate is like maybe four in London compared to between half and 1% the rest of the country. So we weight it towards London now. Um, there's, there's always bits of insight you can... And they're, they're things that you're going to learn over time, aren't they? You, yeah. You, you wouldn't have yeah. known that until you, you you've got the data. You would think it might be obvious, but yeah. And you have to try it. Some things will surprise you, won't yeah. they, over time? Yeah. And do you tend to sort of like run ads uh, multiple time? Or would you... They're always going. Always going, Constantly, multiple times. every day. Amazing. Yeah. Although, and this is something, like, I'm do, I was doing work on our Google Ads bec- before I came up here. Our Google man, who does it, he's like on retainer monthly. <laughs> our Google, oh, man. Google man. <laughs> can, we, can we have your Google man? <laughs> you we can, need I do Google recommend man. him. Wendy's got him now, Okay, I think. great. Um, he is awesome, and I'm not about to slate him, but he's a Google person. This is a failure on me. And I said to Graham, my partner last night, make sure... I learn even just the basics of every area of my business because mm-hmm. I put Google in his hands and data-wise and everything is brilliant. But the adverts we're running say things like um, great quality backdrops for all your photo shoots or something. And it like I'm learning about advertising copy and um, it lacks psychology and stuff now. Yeah, it doesn't say anything. Everyone says their mm. product's great. You haven't, you haven't said anything. You've just wasted space. So I'm going back, kind of rewriting it all, looking at all the headlines and descriptions and everything, knowing what works on Facebook and Instagram because I craft those ads. Whereas, what an idiot. Why have I just left it in the hands of someone else? Mm-hmm. Like, and we spend, like I say, thousands every month. But what he does, like his analytics and his um, how he reports things and keeps up to date with everything is brilliant and I would still recommend him. But know what's important to your clients he doesn't know my business he doesn't know that it's important for people to know as used by jamie oliver and bbc good food or the uk's biggest selection of in-stock backdrops or um order before 1pm for next day delivery this is all things Mm. that people need if they've got a shoot and they want to be told straight away they use this so it must be good so I think I think a really big takeaway from that is like and I think we, we can relate to this a little bit is the the lesson of outsourcing work and I think a lot of us in business are trying to move to this idea that if you don't love what you're doing in that part of the job just to outsource it give it to somebody else mm. and that can be great because obviously it frees up you time to, to it, yeah. get your life back and I think all businesses need to accept yeah. that you can't run 100% of your business all yeah. the time mm. but I think what you've just said and what you've touched on there is the importance of recognizing what is your outsourcing and being able to understand the complexities of it and yeah. to, to, to basically just know what it is you're doing in that in that role yeah. rather than just send, sending it out blind and yeah I was very naive like up until yesterday like what an idiot <laughs> but oh well but that just goes to show but how that working. just goes to show how you have to be versatile in a business and like you said that we talked about that at the start like how you have to adapt and yeah you've recognized it and you're going to make a change like, yes, exactly. And as I said, like our, our advertising does convert, but hopefully it will be even better now. Even better. So yeah. maybe I'll completely fluff it up. But. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me that you won't. Yeah. I think you're gonna be. I think you're gonna be pretty good. Exactly that. Igor, <laughs> anything you wanted to? Are you ready for your wine? <laughs> I'm getting sleepy. This is from. Um, uh, we're not doing sponsored adverts yet, but this is from Majestic. Um, it's a Lisbon red. I do love um, Majestic. Yeah, I mean, I'd love it if they sponsored the podcast. That'd be, That'd be amazing, nice, wouldn't it? it? Can you yeah. imagine that? Um, I mean, they've got them in most major cities. 
Yeah. You, know, you get a good discount. Yeah. If you buy with six or more, you get a good discount rate. He's going for it. Um, I just lo- I love the variety of wines they have there and the quality. Mm, really that they, the quality, yeah. <laughs> I just think it's great. Anyway, yeah, so that's from Majestic Wines, that is. Not a sponsored advert yet. Yet. Um, where were we? <laughs> Sorry. Outsourcing. That's where we were. Outsourcing. Are. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I think that's really good. I think. Um, I think I, we're definitely in a similar position where we're trying to outsource yeah. tasks and. What? Uh, which ones do you need to outsource? I think. I think for photographers and industry, a lot of it's it's editing. Mm-hmm. I think that's the that's a bit of a minefield. Um, for me, at the moment of business, it's just taking on staff as well. Yeah. And that transfer of work to somebody else and yeah. I don't know I think we're all sat it's, here in we're all sat here as business people yeah. but we've got into business because we, we we love what we're doing we're good at what we do and we're passionate about it but we also have standards and yeah. to and be it's able the, to trust somebody else to go and do that work yeah. I've, I've always found to difficult. our standard and that's, that's, hard. that's the thing that actually holds me back yeah. I, but I'm you aware know now. the delegation rule you can only expect 80% detail do elaborate well if you when you're managing people obviously if you did it yourself you're going to get 100% how you like it yeah. but if you delegate it 80% is actually as mm. good as you're going to get Amy <laughs> <laughs> what's she working at like 60 <laughs> only 80% <laughs> yeah I don't think I've made that up no. I'm sure that's like written down somewhere by someone who what does your you sister know, give you she doesn't work for me anymore. Okay. She was at 55. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that now. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Wow. No, but it, it really is um, the stage that we sort of at in terms of like, even for the podcast, trying to, starting to get people involved and everything mm-hmm. else. And yeah, it feels risky at, at some point. You do get the fear well, in terms know, when of you're like... A, when you're a top 44 podcast, you know, I mean... Don't <laughs> Thank know, you, we, we forgot to say that at the start, we're didn't we? We're top 40 by now. We were, we were number 44 this week on the yeah. business podcast within the UK. Yeah. I mean, it's niche, Which, but, you know, we've, we've started, Good we? going for three weeks. Three weeks it? in, yeah. Just the fact that we um, actually are in the charts, that, that, made, that yeah. sort of like blew my mind a little bit. I mean, I, I did say, I hope, I hope it's more than 44 in the in that chart <laughs> that would be great but it is but but it's made us kind of we, you know we haven't announced it yet and we're not going to just well we're on the verge of taking somebody on aren't we to yeah to manage you know the other side of the business like the social and 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 yeah. booking people in and mm-hmm. all the little tasks that i think social's a hard one to, it, um, well it can eat it you can lose a day very quickly can't you when you No, i mean it's a hard one to pass on to someone else i think i mean it depends how changeable and in like adaptive you need to be in your business mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. could you like plan a week ahead and just sign it off and say i mean uh, for me there's a, there's a couple of points there that are they're important first off is taking somebody on that you trust a, mm. a little bit or That's you it. can you can recognize their vision and their ability to produce content yeah and then secondly is about being able to kind of um i suppose set boundaries and set style mm. guides and visual brand guidelines mm. and to be able to kind of give yeah. them a work frame to have a work. course for this do you oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, but th- that's it. It's about setting that, isn't it? I think if you took somebody on that yeah. hasn't got that, uh, you know, awareness, and then you don't set any guidelines, mm. you're setting yourself up for a, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. a disaster. You've got to have your parameters ready. Yeah. So I do that kind of work for other people. Well, within the styling handbook, we do, but I still do my own for Black Velvet Styling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, and I'm realizing this now. There's things like my PA doesn't know I've changed in the business. And I'm doing marketing work for other people and there's things they haven't told me they've changed in their business. And it's like you, you plan a post and then they say, oh no, we're not doing that anymore. 
and it's dead annoying but I'm that person as well so for me it, it's just easier that I do my own social yeah. content yeah and it follows through like the other the other marketing stuff if you've got a structure you can definitely do it yeah yeah I think I think we have I, I think, think we do I think and, and the fact that we're starting now yeah and means that that person will grow with us and yeah yeah, yeah. and we've taken someone we're, we're, yeah, the person we're taking on has got a good vision and exactly and is going to bring ideas I think that's the one thing that yeah. we often forget when you're taking stuff on is that they're actually going to bring ideas to the table as well yeah <laughs> you hopefully know? Um, do you, what, what do you outsource within your business what, what tasks uh, go elsewhere customer service obviously you've got the Google man Google man <laughs> uh, yeah Google man customer service um, what else? A bit of SEO work on top of the Google Man, um, and then fulfillment. And and I am working with a lady who's helping me on marketing content, like copywriting stuff. That may become like a bigger role as well. Um, but as is actually a very simple business. Well, the backdrop business is. It's you know it's a product, and we have monthly and an annual like general marketing plan so it just ticks along really yeah customer service was um that happened during covid because royal mail were losing so many parcels we were just inundated with people asking where their stuff was so i um i found a pa well she's a she's a virtual assistant she's in edinburgh and she handles like the main inbox customer service which is amazing. Yeah, that must that must free Oof. up quite a chunk of time to be on the tennis yeah. court for. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think like that's just a yeah, it's a menial task, isn't it? It is, but it's you important. Know, I, know it's, I know it's important, but it is it's one of those tasks that. Yeah, like she went off know. on maternity leave, selfish bitch, <laughs> and um, helped find someone to cover her role. Yeah, and she was great, but she didn't have the right tone. Right, and she was to me almost came across as abrupt um so i i had to say i'm sorry i'll just do it myself until the other lady was back i think you have really got to like get the the tone right on brand you know um but that's another thing like my mum used to win all the customer service awards so i grew up knowing what it looks like like the best customer service so It, it it amazes me that people don't provide just good like it should just be a standard within any kind of business yeah yeah and sometimes it's biting your tongue when you know sometimes we'll have made a mistake sometimes the customer's made a mistake but the response always has to be i'm so sorry about that i'll send you a replacement and you know because what do you want at the end of the day you want people to like your business and say good things about it so well we've all experienced poor customer service and you know, I think when you get good customer service, you just go, oh, that's great, yeah. But when you get bad customer service or poor yeah. customer service, the whole service, world will know about it. You go yeah. and tell people. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So if you're really good at it, you turn it into an opportunity to make them love you and be an advocate. Yeah. Rather than having a straightforward sale that's gone okay and kind of being meh. If, if something goes wrong and then you sort it out really well for them, then they kind of seem So it's not even about just, be, just serving people just like, oh, well, and okay. It's about being going above and beyond, really. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes and you they might... come back. Yeah, they do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they come back yeah. and they tell other people. Yeah, hopefully. Word of mouth yeah. is still, a, you know, still a huge marketing tool for a lot of people. You know, yeah. 
you you want people that are buying your you know the chances are that that the, the photographers that are buying your backdrops and prints know other photographers they're going to need backdrops and prints oh yeah and they just tell people don't they yeah definitely is there a is there a, a market strategy that hasn't worked for your business um completely flopped yeah the one i tried last summer yeah which was um sending out samples which is not right for the product and doesn't attract it, it attracted like I didn't realize this but there are people who scout the internet for freebies and codes and stuff right so yeah it just yeah wasn't right as I say I wasted a lot of money on it basically people that don't want to spend money yeah yeah and they're never going to buy the product anyway like I was tracking repeat sales from it and the, there weren't really any they just wanted a little freebie that was my wrists clicking <laughs> um, any others I don't think so I'm sure there'll be more. But. <laughs> well, that's, that's just the nature of business. Though, yeah, isn't it? yeah, that's it. I just think, I, again, I just love yeah. that you, you know, you're able to kind of, you're not fearful of trying those things. Like, I know that you've said that didn't work, and you sound a bit frustrated with its failure, but you gave it a shot, yeah. and it could have been something that had been like, wow, that's yeah, changed your business. Been, yeah. I think, I think the lesson is that sometimes you've got to just give these things a shot, haven't you? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, but I should have, I should have spread the risk and not put so much money into it 80% mm. <laughs> yeah I think that's one of my big takeaways from this chat is about having your you know you're spreading spreading your marketing strategies out mm -hmm. across various channels yeah and like you said Sophie about when Instagram went down everybody hit <laughs> hit the panic station yeah. don't they and I quite enjoyed it, it. yeah <laughs> you know, yeah but, because people were very much you were still seeing things coming in and I guess yeah um, you very much realise the unimportance, not necessarily unimportance, but yeah, let's call it unimportance really of Instagram for your aspect mm. and the strength of your mailing list and your in, marketing in terms of like in reactive marketing, did you make something of that in a mailer? Did you, you, know, you, you touched on it briefly about being able to react to certain things that happen within I think we perhaps you know, business, were about but, to launch a sale, but we were emailing about it anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what I've been trying to get across to our content clients at the minute who we create content and sometimes manage it, their social for. If, say you've got 5,000 followers, um, what are the rates on Instagram at the minute? Maybe 20% will see it. So what's that, 1,000? But only 10% will engage in that. So what's that, 100? Whereas if you've got a mailing list of 5,000 and your open rate would be for a decent mailing list like 20% mm -hmm. you're already double and the ones who aren't going to open it they've had a push notification so they've, they've still had a little reminder that you exist yeah. and that's like 50% of it you're reminding people that you exist so when that need occurs you're in the head yeah. so you've already won even if they haven't opened it and then if your click through rate again is pretty decent it's just so much more valuable yeah I think it's that sort of like um, dreamy, alluring um, way of Instagram of having followers and all that that very much gives the idea oh, it's that the ego, yeah, definitely. exactly, exactly that. Whereas with with a mailing list, it's yes, it's it's direct, but it's not as enamored or or anything like that like mm. Instagram is. So well, no, it's, I love it's, this. it's very easy just to follow somebody. It, it's a it's a different level of commitment to subscribe to a mailing list. Yes. People are yeah, more exactly. more invested from that 
Yeah, from you that and your brand. Yeah, they're, they're investing and in straight away. And it's a true business asset because mm. you own that. You don't own Instagram or Facebook. They could just turn themselves off at any time yeah. and you haven't got anything. So if your exit strategy is to sell your business, your mailing list as well is going to be much more valuable. Mm. I think it's just about making a start, isn't it, for a yeah, lot of people? Yeah, that's it. If you haven't got a mailing list, yeah. you just, you know, it's, it's not, you're not going to get 5,000 people within the first week. No. But you've just got to get, you've got to get that, that sign up in place and just start, you know, start building something slowly over time. And as your business, you know, this is the thing, I think, if I rewind five, six, seven years ago, when I first started in education, I didn't have a mailing list for a while. It took me a long time, really. Mm-hmm. But actually, I should have just had something there just to start yeah. capturing those contacts. Yeah. Yeah, that's what um, I get from this, really, in terms of, like, my mailing list. It's it's all right, but... We haven't got one yet for another idea. No, no, we haven't. But we probably should do. Yeah, Because yeah. we don't know where this business is going to move to, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, even through our interactions with people on Instagram and whatever else in the comment sections, people are invested in it. Um, yeah. That... that people are finding value in it so when, yeah. when that merch drops like <laughs> and and we've got a majestic wine discount code to send out yeah you know we are going to need to get that out there yeah, aren't we that's yeah. it um so yeah but yeah it might be these guys what's this Rhoda or no sure sure right uh, sure mics yeah sm7bs yeah oh, how amazing would it be to be sponsored by oh, can you imagine? so then you might be sending an email out saying We've, yeah, we've yeah, yeah. The possibilities are endless. They really are. Um, I was going to say my takeaway really has been the the fact that you're so structured. It's it's <laughs> really good. No, it's a massive strength. It's a massive strength because people listening might might be feeling like Sophie just goes and does it, but there's a structure to it. I, I really, mm. I really liked. That's that's what really comes New across structure. from you. <laughs> <laughs> but there is. There yeah. is, um, and it's the fact that it might seem loose to you because you know it. Yeah, I guess the so. The inside and out of it, just hearing you talk about it and everything else, you know it. But, um, yeah, it's just a clear structure, really. That's what I really love about it. And the second takeaway for me is I'm just going to start emailing on my <laughs> on my mailing list, really, just start dropping value within that. Yeah, really, I, think we need to, I think we need to add a mailing list to, the, to, to this brand, don't we? Yeah, that's um, it. And I, yeah. I think that's a big takeaway for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, and and spreading their marketing a little bit more not relying on just Instagram and social media yeah. to kind of grow their business um, but yeah absolutely loved having you here thank you very thank much you. for yeah. coming up that's been good fun first um, guess and you'll have to come back you yeah, will have to, to come back <laughs> that'd be cool should we you. go and drink wine now yeah that's it hey. great stuff thank you very much Sophie loved it You're thank welcome. you Bye. see you guys another episode bites the dust Thank you so much for tuning in in order to help this podcast grow and to keep bringing value and ideas in your ears. So if you could please like, share and subscribe, that would be amazing. Especially leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. All those little things, it will help us grow this brand and community and feed our kids. (laughs) And in turn, allow us to bring more guests and ideas to your weekly hits of Another Idea. See you next Monday. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.